Okay. Okay. We're on. Great. So, hello, everyone. Welcome to the call. Um, my name is Bennett Shore. I live in New York City, and I am a longtime member of the Network of Spiritual Progressives, and I've um, been involved with the whole sort of politics of meeting movement, um, the Tikkun Magazine, and this whole impulse for quite a few years. It's been a real touchstone in my life. Um, this phone call came about because um, folks that are part of the Network of Spiritual Progressives chapter in New York City um, wanted to create a training here for people who wanted to engage in what we've called tr- transformative activism or spiritual activism and learn some a good you know skill set um, to do that or enhance the skills they already have and also to um, bring that that skill set um, together with the work that they're already doing in their communities and their organizations um, and um, a small organizing committee of a number of us, um, Alnur Lada, Bruce Hirsch, um, myself, Kat Zavis, and uh, Anna Levy-Lyons um, came together and um, did a bunch of work to try to put together a training. Um, at the time, it emerged that we didn't quite have enough folks um, pre-registered. We hadn't um, been able to do enough outreach to make the training um, viable at that time. So what we decided to do was to organize a phone call, which um, Rabbi Lerner and Kat were, Zavis were gracious enough to lead for us in um, learning more about um, what the training might include and hopefully together um, envisioning what uh, a future training in New York City could involve and see if people had an interest in co-creating that and building enough energy to get a, a large, you know, significant group there in the, you know, 50 or so people. So I think that's, that, that was a little introduction that I can give and we're very, very glad to have everyone on the call. Awesome. Hello. So this is Jean Selwell. Hi, Jean. Um, this is Kat Zavis. So I'm the executive director of the Network of Spiritual Progressives. And so what I'd like to do now is I'd like to have everyone um, introduce themselves. And then after that, um, I think I'll um, introduce Rabbi Michael Lerner, who will lead us in a visualization. At that point, I will mute everybody. And let me just remind you, um, you can also mute yourself if your background noise on your phone is loud, and that number to do that yourself is four star. And then if you have a question or want to share something, there'll be time for us to do that, then um, you can push five star on your phone, and then I can unmute you. I also will unmute and mute everyone at various times, but when we're doing certain portions of it, I will mute everybody to keep the um, background noise down. And like I said, you can also do that yourself with four star and also raise your hand, so to speak, or say that you want to say something by pushing five star, and that will show up on my computer screen here. So... um, So I'm Kat Zavis. I'm the Executive Director of the Network of Spiritual Progressives. I am, prior to being the Executive Director of the Network of Spiritual Progressives, or simultaneously to being the Executive Director, I am also a collaborative divorce attorney, uh, coach, mediator, and trainer in conflict resolution and empathic communication and communicating across differences and bring those skills to this work. Um, So what I'd like you to do is just say your name, where you're from, and um, what, uh, very briefly, maybe like in a, a sentence, what inspired you to be on this call today? 
So I will, um, I think what I'll do to make it easier is I'll just go down. Um, I have people's numbers, well, most of them. There's one number that's not showing up here. Um, and I'll just, um, I'll save that one till last because I don't know how to tell you that your phone number's not showing up. But I'll just go through by calling the, the area code and the first three numbers of the call, and that should help you identify who you are. And, um, and we'll go from there. So um, the first person here is 303952. That's me. I'm Holly Lemaster, and I'm calling from Denver, Colorado. Um, and I found out about this through a forum that I participate in called the Two Worlds Wisdom School, um, a group of people primarily in the healthcare industry who are really interested in transforming the way things are done um, in, in that field in particular. Um, and I just felt moved to call in and find out what this is all about. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us. Um, so the next number is 512467. Hi, this is Mike Ignatowski. I'm an old-time member of the original NSP. Uh, Dave Belden and I actually started a chapter in upstate New York. Um, when Dave left to go join the Cocoon staff, um, the chapter eventually folded. I went to the New York City one with Nanette for a while, but then I moved to Austin, Texas for a job, and that's where I'm calling from tonight. Wonderful. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, so 971777, you're muted. I believe you must have muted yourself. Um, okay, I'll try to unmute you. Okay, go for it. 971777. <laughs> you should be unmuted now. Okay, there might be nine. Hi. Hello? Okay, my name is Patty David. I'm a writer in Oregon. I'm very interested in issues around uh, coexistence and conflict and culture. And uh, I follow the newsletter for a while. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us. Um, so the next number is 610391. Hi, that's Annette Carpian. I'm calling from Allentown, Pennsylvania. And, you know, there's such a divide in our family, <laughs> right wing and left wing, <laughs> and it definitely causes problems, um, you know, and just uh, really wanting to see what there is to do to either bridge the gap or win <laughs> on the left. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks for joining us in that. You're welcome. Uh, 202531. Hello, uh, this is Jennifer Raviz. I am in San Francisco, and um, it's, it's hard to do one sentence, but I would say that I am hoping to learn more about other people's experiences and advice. Um, to, to be able to communicate effectively through the heart, I think that, um, you know, we there's so many arguments and facts and and, 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 and narratives and versions of stories of the way that our world is and why it's, the way, why it's the way it is and that I kind of realized at some point that part of my activism needs to be about speaking from my heart and that that's a way that, um, that that's a source that, that, that yeah, it makes me feel strong and makes me feel um, that I can connect with others. So excited to be here. Thanks so much. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Um, the next number is another uh, 917-971. Hi there, it's uh, Elnora Lada. 
uh, I help run an organization called The Rules uh, that supports social movements around the world uh, in the fight against neoliberalism. Um, and my background is uh, at this sort of strange intersection of, of mysticism and anarchism. I come from a, a Sufi mystic tradition, but uh, uh, come from a uh, anarchist political philosophy, and I'm sort of writing a book right now uh, about the overlap between the two. Uh, and was introduced to NSP by Nanette, uh, and started reading Tukun and looking into Michael Lerner's work and uh, just, yeah, excited about the, the work you do and uh, hopefully we can find a way to bring you to New York at some point. But uh, in the meantime, great to meet everyone. Great. Elmo, thanks for joining us and thanks for your efforts on this. Appreciate it. Um, so the next number is 661748. Hello, 661748. Hello. Hi, is this 661? Is your is your number beginning with 661748? No, this is John from Hoboken. Is is that 805824? Oh, uh 201683. 201683, may not showing that's not showing up. Okay. Yeah. Um okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, I'm glad to be here. Part thanks. of this conversation. Yeah. I don't want to interrupt, so. Okay, no, thanks for joining us. We wanted you to say your name and what got you to join in this call today, if you could, in, in one sentence. One sentence. Well, <laughs> I belong to NSP New York. I think it's vital what the uh, organization, uh, what its plans are to, you know, and uh, I'm, an, I'm a teacher and a writer, and I have a weekly TV show, and I need to stay strong in my vision. Uh, so I think it's important that we talk more with each other and keep each other strong. So. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us, John. Thanks. Um, Bruce, your name is here, so I can, you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Um, my name is Bruce Hirsch, and um, in the NSP, I, is, it's one of the only places that I hear about the potential of the divine in each and every other person. Um, I find something so refreshing and redeeming about uh, the approach that NSP takes towards individual and world issues, and it's a real thrill to be here. Awesome. Thanks. Nice to hear your voice, Bruce. Um, so, uh, 215-529. Okay, anybody else who hasn't had a chance to introduce themselves that I'm missing? Uh, I haven't. Um, okay, uh, there's two people. So the male voice I heard first. If you if you could give me the first three numbers of your phone number, so I can just I'm just logging people's first names in here for me. So, Kat, I'm uh, Monty Jewell. I'm calling from Fresno, which is a five five nine area code. Okay, yours must be the one that's not showing up. Cool. Okay, Monty, you said. Yeah, uh, Monty, M O N T E. Wonderful. And uh, I have represented sexual violence survivors as an attorney um, since 95, and for the past two years I've been uh, uh, managing a, a rape crisis center here in Fresno. Mm -hmm. And I called because I read uh, Jewish Renewal um, oh, five or six years ago, and it changed how I uh, thought about uh, my Jewish identity. Mm, beautiful. Thanks for joining us. Um, okay, and then I heard a woman, but I'm guessing is that uh, maybe the 215 area code? 
No, my number is 347-844. Okay, well, so there you are. I don't see it. Okay, go ahead. What's your name? Jean Selwell. Okay. And I'm in New York City, and I had signed up for the training here in New York, and um, obviously it was canceled, and I believe strongly in problem solving, which requires basically transformation between people on both sides of an issue. And so I was interested in, always interested in new tools for doing that. Wonderful. Great. Wonderful to have you. And anyone else that I'm missing? Um, hi, this is Rachel Pratt from uh, Ojai, California. I just changed phones, so I don't know if um, okay. if I've messed things up. I'm at 805649. 805649. Okay. And um, I'm uh, just joined uh, NSP a few months ago, Wonderful. and I'm uh, just very interested in finding out what you know we're going to discuss today, and maybe ways in which I can. Um, channel uh, my energy and concern about the state of the nations um, and see what you know I might be able to contribute and, and learn from you all. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us. Um, okay, so I'm going to introduce uh, Rabbi Michael Lerner and then I'm going to mute everybody so that he can do, he's going to lead a visualization so I want people to really be able to hear that. So I'm going to mute everyone now, and then I'll unmute folks later on in the call. And like I said, if you want to, if you have a question, if you push five star, I will see that you have a question. Conference muted. Okay. So uh, Rabbi Michael Lerner is the editor of Tikkun Magazine and one of the co-founders of the Network of Spiritual Progressive. He's written um, books ranging from uh, Jewish Renewal, Left Hand of God, how to reach, um, and Surplus Powerlessness. Some of these books are books that we will refer to in the training that we do, as well as many other books. Um, he was one of the Seattle Seven activists who was arrested and charged for political activism back in the 70s and has been an ongoing activist and spiritual leader since. So... Uh, I'm seeing him through the office, and he put the phone down for a minute. So hang on one second, and I'll grab him, and he'll be right with us. Oh, I did mute you. Oh, that's true. Hang on one second. I have to unmute him. (laughs) Okay, you're unmuted. (laughs) It was a brilliant idea to mute everybody. I had it in my mind to unmute him, and then I forgot. You're unmuted. (laughs) Okay, can you hear me? Everybody else can hear me. Everybody. um, Hello, everyone, and uh, um, thank you so much for being on this call with us. Um, As is our wont, uh, in in a network of spiritual progressives, we want to start by locating ourselves in the physical universe. And uh, so I want to ask you, if you would, to relax for a second, get yourself into a comfortable position, Close uh, and close your eyes if you would. 
Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Are you, everybody muted, hopefully? Everyone's muted but me. Okay. So um, <clears throat> I want to ask you now to close your eyes. And um, what we do is to try to form a, a picture of where we are in the universe. And to do that, uh, I want to ask you to, first of all, try to form a picture of yourself um, and with your consciousness going up outside of yourself as though you could look down on yourself and see where you are at this moment in the physical universe. So the first step of that, um, you can imagine the yourself as um, your consciousness is moving up in a slowly ascending balloon or perhaps a uh, um, uh, an elevator that went all the way up into the sky. Um, and you can look down and see yourself sitting where you're sitting. and But now, with your consciousness outside, it can see you sitting in this house or apartment or wherever it is that you are. And, um, and imagine that you could see yourself in relationship to the surrounding area. And um, so there you are, and you're looking down, and you're seeing yourself with that, that area, whether that's in Pennsylvania or... Uh, in uh, Colorado or in California or in New York or wherever the different people who have been on the, on this call are, are sitting. And now imagine that you could see yourself there um, and surrounded by um, lots and lots of people in these different uh, locations, all of whom are doing their various things. Uh, try to form a picture of yourself and the area, so you can see lots of people are in their cars or they're at work still or they're uh, at home ready for dinner or they are um, doing uh, shopping, uh, whatever they are, whatever they're doing, and form a visual picture of that, and there you are. When you've got that picture, seeing yourself in your wherever you are in that house or apartment or um wherever your office, wherever you're getting this call, um, then let your consciousness go up a little further. And you can look down and see yourself in the North American continent. So I want to see if you can form a visual picture of the 380 million, actually probably, whoops, I'm not, I've got to get the Canadians in there too. And so let's say 500 million people, um, and uh, amongst those 500 million people, uh, all of them doing their various things, some at work, some at uh, on the freeways, some sitting at home, possibly watching television, listening, standing at their computer, reading, reading stuff in their computers and their Facebooks, uh, um, possibly uh, sitting down for dinner, helping their children uh, do uh, homework, uh, all the various things that are happening, and there you are. So try to form a picture of yourself in that, where you are with on this uh, North American continent, because, of course, this is where you are. You're someplace in there, and there are all these other people doing all these other things. And can you form that picture? Keep your eyes closed and allow yourself to form this picture. And now... Let your consciousness go up a little bit further till you can see that actually 
this North American continent is part of a globe uh, that we call the Earth, um, and that this planet has been slowly turning, and um, the part of the planet that you're on is either still faced towards the sun or the or if you're on the east coast you, it's probably faced away from the sun now enough so that you're you're in the dark and you're seeing you can see that um, but if you imagine that 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 where you've been is facing the sun and um, and now there and you're on this globe and there are some seven billion other people on the planet so imagine that you could could pick, form a picture of the seven billion people on the planet, and in this very large planet, there you are on the North American continent, wherever you specifically are, and just form a picture of the whole planet with all these billions of people in it doing all their different things. Some of them, for sure, are asleep right now. Others are just getting up for the morning. Uh, um, so just try to imagine that you can see that picture, and you're in it, in it where you are in the North American continent. You got that? You can mm -hmm. see that? So now the next step. Um, this planet Earth that we're on has been revolving, not just turning around towards the sun and then away from the sun, but actually revolving around this sun, and the sun is one of the stars in our uh, Milky Way galaxy. And <clears throat> the scientists tell us that the, the sun is 977,000 times the mass of the planet Earth. Okay, so try, try now to visualize where you are because we're trying to get a picture of where you are. So the, <clears throat> the, the Earth is one... Uh, you, it may be easier to reduce it to one millionth, to round it off to the nearest large number. Or so it's about one millionth the size of the planet of, of, of the sun. So you get the picture of the sun. Then there's the Earth, one one millionth the size, with seven billion people on it. And then there's you sitting in the North American continent, wherever you're sitting. So can you get those three things together? The sun, the earth, the, se the seven billion people, and you on the North American continent. Okay. Now, <clears throat> now our um, star, uh, the sun, is one of millions of stars in this particular galaxy. It's called the North, uh, the, called the Milky Way galaxy. And um, so there, there's a lot of other stars here. And we have no idea what's going on, whether they have uh, solar systems. Some of them do, some of them may not. Some of them have, scientists say, some of them even have solar systems that may make it possible for life to exist on them. We don't know that yet. But so there are millions of stars, and our galaxy is one of 100 billion galaxies. Well, now to 
to go back to where you are. It's a little hard to locate yourself in relationship to 100 billion galaxies. So, but where we are is this amazing reality in which every, every day we get to look out into the world, see some of it through the sun, and then in the evening see the stars and see all of that incredible reality. But this is where you are. This is where I am. This is where we are. And uh, it's an amazing reality to be, be in and to be able to stop each day and to locate ourselves on this planet, in this solar system, in this, uh, around this particular star, and in relationship to the millions of other stars um, is a, an incredible, incredible reality. And so the way that most of us respond to that is by some form of saying, thank you. Wow, this is fantastic. It's amazing. It's beyond comprehension. We can't even fully take it in. And yes, here we are. We have this short little time that we're alive on this planet. And in this time, we can look out at the world and say, wow, fantastic, amazing, terrific to be alive, terrific to have this short period of time that we do have. We have the consciousness to be able to look out at this world, locate ourselves in it, and then in some way or other, contribute to the healing, to the repair and transformation of our social order so that we could all um, just celebrate the grandeur of the universe instead of having to spend so much time repairing the pain and hurtfulness that uh, has taken place amongst human beings in patriarchal and class societies on this planet. So, wow, fantastic, amazing. And allow yourself each day some time to do this, to, to stop for a few minutes and to celebrate the grandeur and uh, awesomeness of this incredible universe that, we, uh, that we're part of and the incredible um, gift that we have of being alive and conscious enough to be able to do this particular exercise every day. Hmm. Thank you. Um, would you like me to unmute folks to get any feedback from that? or um, If you'd like, whatever you'd like, Dr. Well, if anybody, um, let me think what time is, it's 3.30, I think I'm going to move along so that we can be sure to have time to answer questions and hear people's voices later on. So um, so you were going to talk a bit about the vision of the NSP and then I might jump in where it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. And so just let me just go over kind of what we said we're going to cover on the call today. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to cover welcome and introductions, which we've done, and then the visualization, which was just done. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the vision of the Network of Spiritual Progressives and then talk about what does it mean to be a spiritual activist, and we wanted to have your engagement on that conversation, in that part of the conversation. And then we would share what a training would cover, what a spiritual activist or transformative activist training would cover, and collectively then share some thoughts about organizing such a training in New York. So that is what we're covering on the call today. Um, and so I think what we'll do now is move to the section on um, the vision of the Network of Spiritual Progressives. And why don't you start? Okay. Um, 
So our goal is a nonviolent evolution of our society from the contemporary ethos of materialism, selfishness, looking out for number one, that people absorb every day in the world of work in capitalist society, and which gets dramatically reinforced by the mass media, by television, by, uh, by the um, movies, and, uh, and even by um, the um, social media, um, and move a society from that ethos of materialism and selfishness and looking out for number one to an ethos of love, generosity, peace, kindness, environmental sanity, social justice, caring for each other and caring for the planet. And awe and wonder at the mystery and mag- uh, magnificence of this universe uh, in place of a narrow utilitarian attitude towards others and towards nature in which everything is viewed through the perspective of how is it, how can it be of use to me instead to experience a little bit of what you might have experienced in that visualization that we just did, namely awe and wonder and amazement at the grandeur and magnificence of being alive and being in this universe. So that's our goal. Our goal is the evolution of our society um, from the, this materialism and selfishness and looking at number one to a new, new way of looking at the world in which we are giving uh, uh, primacy to love and generosity and peace and kindness and environmental sanity and social justice caring for each other, caring for the planet. Um, you want a short soundbite for that, we call it, uh, for what the goal of the NSP is. If somebody says, what is the NSP for? Well, it's, we call it the Caring Society, caring for each other and caring for the Earth. So that's a three-second summary in case you happen to be uh, in an elevator and somebody says, says that to you. If you're, what, what is that NSP again? It's about that. It's about trying to create the caring society, caring for each other, caring for the earth. Human beings can participate in this process of speeding up the evolution of the consciousness of humanity. And given the speed with which corporate capitalism has been developing ever new ways to destroy the life support system of the planet, um, as it generates huge environmental crisis that we're in the midst of and which is getting worse all the time, we only have a few decades to make dramatic changes in consciousness. Now, there are others who say, we don't have a few decades. We only have one decade. Others say two decades. Well, all right, we, we don't really know. But the, our goal is to participate in making that, that, those kinds of changes in consciousness that are the necessary prerequisite for making changes in the economic and political order in which we live. <clears throat> Because every time you try to make those changes, you run up against the consciousness of people that is saying, no, that's impossible and, uh, and it has nothing to do with reality and we have to be realistic. And being realistic often means um, uh, settling for the world as it is with little tinkering here and there. And that tinkering doesn't address the urgency of the environmental crisis or the pain of so many people in the society. So, what's a spiritual progressive? Well, um, the first point is you don't have to be religious, you don't have to believe in God or be part of a religion um, to, uh, to be a spiritual progressive. Your spiritual progressive 
if you endorse the new bottom line. And by the new bottom line, we mean this, that institutions, corporations, government policies, legislation, our political system, our, our economic system, um, our healthcare system, our educational system, our legal system, and even our personal behavior should be judged efficient, productive, and or rational, not only to the extent that they maximize money, power, or fame, which is the old bottom line, but also, and most importantly, to the extent that they maximize or help produce or sustain or enhance our abilities to be loving and kind, generous and caring for others, ethically and ecologically sensitive in our behavior, able to see others as embodiments of the sacred or as deserving to be treated as ends, not as means to our own ends, and increasingly able to transcend the tendency to look at the physical world merely in utilitarian terms. That is, how can we use it for human purposes? So that, instead, we can respond with awe, wonder, and radical amazement at the grandeur and mystery of all that is. Now, all that I've just said, that is this, um, that the new bottom line is replacing the old visions of, um, what it is, of, um, what counts as productive, efficient, and rational, um, namely money and power, with this new expanded vision of love and caring and environmental sanity, et cetera, that I've just talked about, um, is something that you don't have to be, uh, religious, you don't have to believe in God, you don't have to, to deny science in any way, um, to be a spiritual progressive. Spiritual progressives are about that new bottom line. What we're seeking is to assess the values in our, uh, of our economic, political, and social arrangements and seek to do tikkun. Now, tikkun is a Hebrew word. It means to heal or transform the world. Um, but using tactics and strategies which themselves manifest that new bottom line. For example, nonviolence and nonviolent communication, or what we're now calling empathic communication. And we encourage spiritual practices which celebrate the universe, like the one we just did, celebrate our aspirations for a world of love and generosity, celebrate the victories and struggles of the human race, seeking to create institutions and social practices that manifest our highest values. So that's, um, that's what we're about. That's what it is to be a spiritual progressive. And, um, and so uh, I'm imagining, at least hoping, that most of you on this call are spiritual progressives in that sense, uh, that you would like to do that. Um, uh, now, um, what does it mean uh, to be a spiritual activist? Well, is that something you want to do, Kat? Okay. Um, well, Kat, are you here? Uh, I was muted, sorry. <laughs> oh. um, I'm back. So, yeah, let me jump in here for, for a minute or two and just say a few more things about yeah. some of the vision of, of the NSP before we jump into the next question, which I want to then open up oh, for yeah. folks to engage in. Okay. Um, so I just want to give a little bit of... Um, information to folks about how we envision doing this in the world 
and different projects that we have. And I'll just speak about them briefly, and I'm sharing them because and during the training we'll be talking about them at greater length. So um, one, of the, one of the things that we want to do, and um, I'm going to emphasize this on this call because I know there's a lot of people who are engaged in social activist work with different organizations, is to bring this vision of the new bottom line into social change organizations. So why is this important? It's important because social change organizations, all of which are doing wonderful work, um, are also overwhelmed. And, is, and in spite of all the wonderful work that many different social change organizations are doing, focused on a zillion different issues that we could just name five of them and think of, each of us could probably easily think of five more, but prison rights, homelessness, hunger, fracking, coal, um, criminal justice, racist, racial justice, um, economic justice. So all of these issues that different groups are working on um, all put forth um, the particular narrow vision that they want to see changed. And what we want to help social change organizations do is to articulate th this new bottom line because every single one of these incredible social change organizations actually do believe in the bottom line, do want a world based on love and care and kindness, do want a caring and loving society do want to be able to celebrate and enjoy the magnificence of this world that we live in and don't articulate that. And by talking in more narrow language, it actually minimizes our capacity to be as effective and reach across political divides, economic divides, racial divides, religious divides. And so if we start to use the language of the new bottom line, we will end up finding that we are unifying people amongst what have previously been divisions. And so one of the things we want to help social change activists do is learn how to do that in the work that they're doing and learn how to communicate in ways that can effectively unite movements and also help us feel a part of a, of a broader movement. So, um, so I like to think of this, one of the metaphors that I like to use, I use a couple different metaphors for this, but one of them I like to think of is like a mushroom. So mushrooms, if you look in the field of mushrooms and you see mushrooms popping up all over, actually, if you were to dig underneath, you'd find a root that gave birth, if you will, or sprouted all these mushrooms. And so that is essentially what we're saying, is what is the root that connects all of these organizations and all these visions? And we believe it, it's a new bottom line or one way to articulate it is through a new bottom line. And if we felt connected to a root and realized that we were sprouted out throughout the country and throughout the world with this, with, from this one root, it would give us the fortitude and strength um, to continue to move forward and push forward collectively. And it would help other people who aren't yet part of it see, oh, wait, there's a meaningful big movement here. It's not isolated people or isolated organizations in their silos. It's more connected. So that is one thing that we are working on. Another aspect of our work is um, creating local chapters, and local chapters can work on various issues, including working to pass our environmental and social responsibility amendment. And I'll just really briefly explain three components of that. Um, we'll be going into much more detail about these, like I said, at the training. And one of the components of that is all money out of politics so that in the federal and state levels, um, elections are completely publicly funded and corporations don't have personhood. Money is not speech. And so all elections would be publicly funded on federal and state levels and 
the media would have to give equal airtime to major candidates. And the amendment goes into great detail about that. And you can find more information about this on our website at spiritualprogressives.org. And then on the right-hand side, if you click on Environmental and Social Responsibility Amendment, you can read a whole bunch of information about it, including the amendment itself. The second component requires corporations that are earning $50 million or more per year to um, obtain a new corporate charter every five years. And um, in order to obtain that corporate charter, they'd have to prove a satisfactory history of environmental and social responsibility to a panel of ordinary citizens who could hear testimony from people from throughout the world about the impact of that corporation's policies, practices, behaviors uh, on people throughout the world. So, and the third component has to do with infiltrating, if you will, um, or in, in requiring an education, any education that any school that um, obtains federal funding to have education on environmental sustainability, on nonviolent communication, on compassion, on civic engagement, ways to create a loving and caring world. So that's the Environmental and Social Responsibility Amendment. So a chapter could work to promote that or our Global Marshall Plan. I'm not going to go into detail about that as well. Um, could work to um, address concerns about Israel-Palestine from our perspective. I have created a starter kit for chapters that people can um, obtain from me if you're interested in starting a chapter that will help people um, have the groundwork and build support for groups. And I'll be having, beginning in January, I'll be having monthly calls, which I can send you information about if you're interested. And if you're not on our mailing list and want to get on it, please email me and let me know or, or join us because I'm sending monthly news, newsletter out, which has this and other information in it as well. And then a third thing um, that some of you might be interested in is creating professional groups to um, talk about how would you bring this new bottom line into your professional group. And so that's another thing that we're working on. Um, we actually have the beginnings and are building a healthcare task force. We're talking about building a legal task force and in various fields. So those are different projects um, that we're doing and that are visions of, of the Network of Spiritual Progressives for how we're going to create this transformation. It's kind of like the women's movement. There's different components of the women's movement. There was consciousness-raising groups in homes with women getting together. There was um, nonviolent shelters being set up, um, you know, domestic violence shelters, excuse me, being set up. There was a magazine, Ms., and other magazines. There was a national organization for women, which um, included all the local women's organizations doing social change work on behalf of women. And so we think of ourselves as similar in that way in terms of both consciousness-raising and actual activism. So that's um, briefly, I would say, the vision of the Network of Spiritual Progressives. And what I'm going to undo now is I'm actually going to unmute folks. And if, you're, if you think that your phone is loud, again, if you push four star, then the background noise from your phone, will, um, we won't be able to hear that. And if you have a question and you've done that, if you push five star um, to raise your hand, I can hear you. But I'm going to unmute everybody and see if there's any brief questions, and then we'll... Um, Thinking that you wanted to have folks share with us, some folks anyway, what they thought it meant to be a spiritual activist, and then we could also share our ideas of that. So, Nanette, I'm going to unmute everyone, but then I'm going to ask you to just speak to that for a moment. Okay. So, Thanks. Nanette, if you, if you, um, or Bruce, I think it was, um, well, maybe I think it was your idea, Nanette, to talk about what it means to be a spiritual activist, and I think you wanted to have people share at this point. 
Yes, exactly. Um, and and just um, and maybe Bruce, you could elaborate a little bit here. But um, we thought this would be a way of, of sort of exploring um, how a more in-depth training could could deepen our potential to do this work. Um, and I know for me, the whole um, what uh, uh, Mike uh, Rabbi Lerner and, and Kat were, were speaking about in terms of the um, the importance of consciousness raising as a as a vehicle for um, for transformation around these core issues that just resonates very strongly with me. I actually went to a very interesting conference recently called Techno Utopia and the Fate of the Earth. And really, that was that was the the message of the conference of speakers from you know many many different uh, areas: environmental, economic, um, international, human rights, and uh, indigenous peoples. And the the message really was: um, we need to shift consciousness in order to make these uh, global environmental and economic changes that are so crucial. So. Um, I guess what I was wondering um, was how folks see themselves in relation to that vision and uh, and that work of activism. And I don't know, Bruce or Elnur or other organizers, I don't know if there's anything you want to add here in terms of what we thought we could raise with the group here. I think it might be interesting to hear how people are doing spiritual activism now. Um, what in their lives constitutes spiritual activism and and is consistent with with some of the things that we heard about tonight. Yeah, I can I can just say um, a couple quick things if you don't if you don't mind. Um, so you know, I'm not sure if people are familiar uh, with the rules. Um, it's just therules.org if you want to check it out. But essentially, what what we do is we support various social justice movements around the world, from landless people's movements. Uh, to you know, farmer peasant movements, to women's rights movements, uh, in their campaigning work, um, and so you know, a lot of these groups. This is not their primary mode, of course. You know, they're they're farmer peasants, and they happen to organize on the side, uh, and so we'll do everything from like policy strategy and framing and messaging to the you know creative work, uh, posters to social media to mobile tools or whatever, um, and we also do a lot of workshops and try to connect the various social movements. Um, so there's this clear sense that, you know, we're not uh, just ha- doing a battle against climate justice uh, in Kenya or land rights in India. This is, uh, we, we have the same um, uh, sort of, uh, you know, enemies, the, the, the wrong word, but you get the sense that, you know, we're trying to sort of connect these dots. So we're actually, the, what we need to address is the logic of the, the neoliberal system. And but what's interesting is that we've seen this major shift um, over the last few years of the work where uh, a lot of the left was coming from a very angry place and you know often often still is and it, it's totally understandable especially for those groups sort of living under two dollars a day um, but we've seen this this sort of hunger and demand for uh, more sort of transformative discussions so about half of our workshop now we spend on uh, how do we avoid activist burnout how do we start thinking about our sort of mystical uh, aspects of our nature and how do they come into this battle of good versus evil and the sort of stories we tell ourselves? Um, and, and, it, and it's been a real transformation. And I think, you know, some of the, the groups we work with now ask, you know, if we would include plant medicines in our, in our workshops and trainings and just conversations that wouldn't have even happened two years ago. Um, you know, we played a... Uh, 
individually, all, uh, you know, the, the rules members who are here were quite central in the Occupy um, struggle. And, you know, it was a very angry, sort of white, middle-class, privileged movement with very little talk of sort of spirit. Um, and n- now even that is transforming. So, um, and the same groups and the same circles we, 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 we worked with there are also asking those questions now, which is like, you know, what is the, the sort of bigger meaning? And if we don't share a metaphysical worldview or a, a sort of set of values, like does it really matter that we share a policy agenda? So we're seeing a major shift in, 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 in that, in that uh, domain. So I'll stop there. Beautiful. Anybody else want to share? Hi, it's Jenny. I'll try. Go for it. (laughs) Um, You know, when I think about how I uh, try to manifest sort of a spiritual um, or heart-oriented communication to deal with the state of our world and is a lot around some of the greatest work feels for me around um, patience, not in a judging way, but patience uh, with others and acceptance of where uh, other folks may be in their um, analysis or in their own wonderings about the world, uh, where they are in their willingness to look at realities other than ones that they are experiencing themselves, and to realize that you know, this was something that was sort of first exposed to me through a, also through a great conference, but, but you know, the idea that, that sort of there's the, you quote, you quote, get it, and those folks who quote, don't get it, is continuing to play the, the separation game, continuing to play the othering game, and so I, it perpetuates and doesn't really elevate or continue to evolve, um, and so one of the ways that I try to embody that is, is to be compassionate and not place myself, if I feel or that I have more understanding, for example, not to place myself above someone else. Um, and there's a really great Malcolm X quote, I think, about that, that there was a time where you didn't know what you what you now know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think remembering that is important. And I want to also just thank uh, Rabbi Lerner for the visualization exercise. I broke out in a very emotional, out, I had some tears, and it was very cleansing, and so I want to, appreciate you for that and appreciate the universe and that we have the voice to describe it. Um, mm-hmm. But that's one of the ways that, that I try to embody um, embody some of what we're talking about. Wonderful. Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah, I'm, this is Rachel. Um, I, I've been very influenced by uh, Marshall Rosenberg's nonviolent communication model mm-hmm. and um, what I find is extremely radical um, thought that I can't have peace with others around me and looking at the whole world and, you know, various levels of organization and, and discord, that we have to acknowledge that um, everybody's needs have to be met or we cannot have peace and that um, everyone has the same needs and that when I am in discord with somebody else, um, the basic spiritual change for me 
and it's not changing very fast because it's very easy, but the idea is there is that when I'm thinking of uh, how am I going to work out this um, uh, problem between me and someone else, that I have to remember the the solution has to come from both the other person and my needs being met. And so I have this um, this premise, this motivating premise to look into and how can I find strategies, how can we in conflict find strategies to meet all of our needs. Um, and either when I'm in discord with somebody else trying to approach it that way, it's a lot easier when I can be talking to other people who, and I'm not involved in the discord, <laughs> and then I can share that idea of, well, what are the needs that are ne- uh, that each person need, uh, wants needs to be met, and then what we're arguing about is the strategies that people are using to meet their needs. But if we recognize the needs are universal, that mm-hmm. gives us a starting point of communality. Um, and yet, I catch myself at times um, thinking, I don't care what her needs are. I need such and such. But I can hear myself falling back in that old way of, of thinking. So that's how I'm trying to manifest a um, process of spiritual activism. Thanks for being here. Wonderful. Thank you. I have a lot of experience with that work, and much of my work is grounded in that work as well. So. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, anybody else? Otherwise, I'm going to um, yes. share. Uh, yes, this is John. Uh, just want to say how grateful I am to Michael and uh, this work and NSP since I discovered it in 2000 at the Riverside Church in a conference there called Reimagining Politics and Society at the Millennium. Um, and I've been trying to manifest these values in my teaching ever since as an English professor, uh, college English professor. Um, and I'm especially grateful for this conference call now because as a member of the NSP New York, our um, group is in a transition period now because our former uh, hosts, uh, Kathy and Patrick, um, have moved to Michigan. So we haven't had a regular meeting in a, in, a, in a while. So this kind of feels a little bit like plugging back into NSP energy and values and very important to me that I'm consistent with this Um, and you know as far as my work now in trying to manifest uh, these uh, hopes and 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 ideas uh, it's it's extending beyond my teaching into media with a television show that I developed uh, with my wife uh, five years ago Uh, and I've been trying to talk about it as much as I can. In fact, I did a show in 2011 before Occupy on Ezra where I approached strangers uh, in the street in Hoboken and New York and public parks and, and tried to get dialogue going about the concept of an Ezra. And Ezra for folks Ezra is the Environmental okay. and Social Responsibility yeah. Amendment that I refer to, so folks who don't know the vernacular. Yeah, and some people were, you know, excited about it, and which was really great. But there was a lot, of, also a lot of apathy, um, and so I captured that frustration also in that in that program. And I'd like to re- go back and revisit and do some more work on that. I think it's important to realize that the religious right 
has a lot of control on the airwaves. You know, Pat Robertson still has a show on the air, and I think we need to contest that space more, and I'd like to play a part in that. Um, and also through my writings and stuff. And, and um, But I always like to think about how successful Michael was in the past with with the Clintons and actually getting the dialogue to that level in the White House, that that is possible, again, to, to, to really connect, you know, with all kinds of folks in all different places. But the fact that we got that close with this, that Hillary even quoted from, you know, Michael's work in her first uh, speech as First Lady before retreating away from these ideas, uh, I think it's important to keep that in mind that they could also resonate uh, much more widely than they are now. And and so I'm grateful to be part of this discourse, and I just want to grow stronger in my own articulation of thank these you. concepts. So thank you. Great. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Um, so I'm going to um, uh, check in with Rabbi Lerner and see if you want to add some of your thoughts about what it means to be a spiritual activist before I jump in or... Um, you're asking me to... Yeah, I'm wondering if you want to share your ideas of what it means or what it has meant to you to be a spiritual activist, or, and then I can add some of my thoughts if if, if they differ or if they don't cover what um, I'm thinking. No, um, I think... Uh, okay, I'll, I'll just say that uh, to, to be a spiritual activist requires some kind of balancing between... Um, the intense need to move very quickly to change this world's uh, economic political, and political arrangements on the one hand, and on the other hand, to uh, nourish one's own soul and to give oneself um, what Cat uh, teaches, Cat uh, Zavis teaches as um, empathy for self and empathy for others, and to um, manifest to the greatest extent possible. A, the kind of loving consciousness uh, that we want to see in the world that we're seeking to build. Um, so um, it's a high it's, it's a high bar because uh, I know how often I miss the bar. You know, I might jump in the right direction, <laughs> put my hands out trying to catch the bar, but I often miss. <laughs> so it's a high bar, but it's sort of what we're what we're striving for is to have a movement that is that really takes seriously these values um, of love, of caring, of kindness, of generosity, of awe and wonder at the grandeur of the universe, at uh, environmental sanity, um, and does it in a compassionate way. One of the things that I've found is, in my experience in the movements of the past, and I'll talk more about this at the training, is the way that people can take anything and turn it into its opposite. You can talk about, talk about love and kindness and generosity, okay, and somebody can take that and 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 act a turn to other people in their movement and say, you know what, you're not loving enough, you're not kind enough, you're not generous enough. In other words, beat, we can beat each other over the heads with our ideals in such a way that we can't uh, that we um, brutalize each other emotionally and spiritually. And I've seen that happen in uh, in social change movements that I've been part of. So. Um, being a spiritual uh, um, activist, in part, is articulating the worldview of a new bottom line and bringing it out and standing up for uh, the, the values of a of a new bottom line 
and challenging the people to not be realistic, to go for your highest vision of the good. But at the same time, it's also to act in a compassionate way towards our limitations and the limitations of other people. So when you try to build a social change movement, you're going to find that there are a lot of screwed up people who come into any movement. And the reason for that is because there's nothing else on the planet but screwed up people. <laughs> there's nothing else around. So, of course, you're going to have to build a um, – uh, and I, I don't mean to exclude myself from, from that – from that, all of us have been uh, have been limited in various ways by this by uh, growing up in a world that completely validates uh, selfishness, looking out for number one, materialism, etc. So, being a spiritual activist is having a compassionate attitude towards self and others, and simultaneously a visionary um, position on what the world is that we need, and refusing to settle for less than what we need refusing to be realistic and going for our highest vision. Thank you. So I'll just add a little bit of my thoughts to that. Um, and it's, it's very much in alignment with what you just said. But the, the thing I like to add when I'm um, in conversations with people and I'm finding myself challenged or uh, frustrated or even angry is that um, to me being a spiritual activist remem- is remembering to open my heart and to look at the other person as sacred and valuable just because they're a human being on this planet. And I saw a video recently of this doctor who sings to every single, he's a um, OBGYN, so he delivers babies. And every time a baby's born, he sings to this new baby. It's, it's an exquisite uh, video. Uh-huh. And he was talking about the fact that each baby is a unique, blessed soul who has some mission and some purpose on this planet. And he wants to welcome the uniqueness and beauty of that being onto this planet. And so when I am thinking of what it means to be a spiritual activist, it's remembering to try to sing to that soul to that being because if we can sing to each other's souls we can reach across our divides so that is to me really important aspect of this work because it's so easy to other people and to see them as enemies and to not see their humanity and i think it's really important to try to do the try to see, try to see their humanity even even though i agree that the bar is extremely high and not always attainable um, but if I get a finger on it, then I feel like I'm doing something okay. Um, and in that light, by doing that, it helps us then um, to understand where other people are coming from and to see their humanity and their beautiful being as well. Um, so that's what it means to me. Um, and we'll at the trainings we talk about this and do some work around this. So. Um, so I think I'm going to move on now because I'm just noticing the time um, to um, what we imagine covering, and then and then we'll go on to organizing in New York. Is Nanette, does that work for you if we go in that order? Yes, absolutely. Nanette, Bruce, and Elnor. Okay, great. But just, so, just, listen, Nanette, I just wanted to uh, say thank you for the, both Michael and Kat for those really beautiful articulations, and everyone who spoke of, of what it means to be a spiritual activist. It was wonderful. Yeah, I loved hearing everybody's ideas, so thank you all. Um, <clears throat> so um, one of the things that um, we have realized through trainings in the past is that we really want people to come to the trainings who are really committed to following through and being a part of this movement and working with us and staying engaged. And so 
it's it's we love to have people who are involved in social activism work because we obviously want to bring this vision and this spiritual energy and activism to that work and embed it more fully into that work and also to help people see the connections and to build an actual movement. Um, we are considering, and I don't know, uh, we're considering having an actual application process to help ensure the commitment level of people, um, oh, although we also know that we had a, a, a not a huge fee, but a, a fee to participate and then some um, applications for scholarships that would help ensure people's commitments. But in the past, we have found the follow-through to be a bit challenging. So to support people with follow-through, we're also planning to have monthly calls and ongoing support more systematically available to people um, so that on our end we feel like we're providing that support. But, but in order to provide that support, we need people to show up to the calls and participate and stay engaged. So <clears throat> we see it as really a, uh, a mutual building. <laughs> we can't do this alone and excuse me, we can't do it alone and we don't want to do it alone and we want an engaged movement, uh, diverse movement of people um, to really push forward this vision of this new world based on a new bottom line. And my shorthand of that is new bottom line, bring compa bringing compassion, generosity, love, and justice to humanity and the planet. Um, and we will end up, for this training, we'll end up sending out readings for people to do, hand, to do ahead of time so we don't have to spend time at the training reviewing readings, but actually being able to then get engaged in rich conversations. Um, a couple of things that we're going to cover, um, hang on one second because I'm trying not to repeat myself here, is um, one of the things I want to say, and I think Bruce can echo this because he was at one of our trainings, is that at our trainings we don't just talk about spirituality and progressive politics, we actually live it. And that's one of the really important things to me about movement that we're trying to create is that we're really trying to live these values and our movement can't be successful unless we do. I don't want to be part of a movement that eats us up and chews us out. I really don't and spits us out. I want to be a part of a movement that is loving and compassionate not only to others but also to those within the movement itself. And so we really uh, create a training where that happens and people feel really supported and cared for. So some of the things that we um, cover is a concrete vision for how to build this world based on love and kindness and generosity. And so to do that, we work on how to move from self-blame to self-love so that people can fully engage in the movement with self-empowered commitment and with a sense of self-efficacy and strength. Um, do you remember that closing circle that we had in California where... Somebody is talking to somebody in the background. If you could just mute yourself by pushing... For Star, well, maybe what I'll do right now, do other people hear that background noise, or is it just me? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to mute everyone for right now just while I'm explaining this, and then I'll unmute you. And again, if you have a question, if you push five star, I can uh, I can see that, and I'll see that, and I'll unmute you. But for now, I'm going to mute everyone just so that there's not that background noise. Conference muted. Okay. So, um... Um, another thing is how to tools to engage with um, ease and confidence in heated, dialo in heated dialogues so all parties can be heard and understood. How to effectively integrate that sense of righteous indignation and practice forgiveness so you can powerfully challenge power dynamics. 
why it's important to shift from a liberal political worldview to a spiritually progressive worldview and how to coherently present that view to others. How to overcome internal struggles with organizations and movements that undermine their effectiveness and ways to make fundamental change towards improving the big picture issues in a cohesive way. Um, so let me just say a little bit more about some of these. So transformations um, that are needed in this society, we often run up against a set of resistances that live in each of us. And so we need to learn to understand and confront those resistances so that we can be more successful in our work. And often we don't understand or know how to deal with unconscious resistances that are psychological or emotional, intellectual or ideological and spiritual. So we help people understand what those resistances are and then how to, um, how to overcome those, not only within yourself, but also to be an agent of transformation by helping other people overcome those. Uh, because all of us actually want a world based on love and kindness. We all want to be engaged in work that's meaningful. We all want, we all have an ideal of what the world looks like, and really those ideals are not that dramatically different. We really want a world that um, helps people feel alive and engaged and loved and valued just for who they are, not because of what they can produce or give us or how much money they make or how much they help the company make more money. And yet we have a hard time um, embracing that worldview and actually embodying it in the work that we do. So we shoot for a closer goal, if you will. And so we want to help people know that they're not alone in wanting a broader worldview and helping them push for that worldview. Um, so that's one of the things that we do. Um, another thing that we explore, which is one of my favorite conversations actually, is and, and we also would try to model this, actually, um, in our efforts. So when, like I said, we try to model both in the training and in the movement what we're trying to create. So that is true in the training itself. So is what it means to be a leader and how to be a spiritual leader and different leadership styles. And so this is, ends up being a really interesting and fun discussion because a lot of times it comes up in, in progressive and left groups that discussions about, wait, aren't we all equal? So you know, who should be a leader and what right do you have a, to be a leader? And so we discuss things like that. What does it mean to be a, a leader? What does it mean to have groups that are leaderful and followerful? And what does that look like? And so we, we talk a lot about that and support discussions around that. Um, we will also, um, Rabbi Lerner will discuss um, his work in his book, The Left-Handed God, that talks about how the capitalist world that we live in per perpetuates this mistaken belief that we are all now, a lot of us believe is true, that we have to take care of ourselves. There's no one else out there for us. It's a me-first world. We live in a mediocracy. Um, and that belief results in the sense of isolation and powerlessness and self-blame that, that undermines our capacity to engage and challenge and to feel empowered. And so we discuss that and talk about um, a sense of surplus powerlessness and how do we um, step into our power in a way that's really powerful and compassionate. Um, we also we have a document on the website that you can find, like I said, spiritualprogressives.org called Yearning for a Loving and Just World and How We Get There. And so we go through this in great detail in this document discusses the difference between a liberal worldview, a conservative worldview, and a spiritually progressive worldview, and 
how we can reframe issues um, from economic entitlements or legal rights into a spiritual worldview, which, again, is much more uniting. Um, we discussed the new bottom line that we've both spoken about and how to integrate that into our social activist work um, to unite movements and also to build um, allegiances and alliances across what might have previously been differences. We spend quite a bit of time talking about how to communicate effectively across differences, how to have compassion for ourselves, for other people in our group, and for others outside of our group who we seem as different um, or who we judge as enemies. Um, we actually spend time dealing with our grief and our anger at where things are, how we've missed the boat in, in getting us there or how our ancestors did and the mistakes that we've made and how we can take responsibility for those and shift, shift our behaviors and engage in strategic choices and strategies that are more helpful. We do quite a bit of role plays to discuss actually and practice how to bring the values of the new bottom line, the, the yearning for a new world and how to get there and the ESRA and the Global Marshall Plan into various contexts. So we set up role plays for people to do presentations around how they would bring one of these ideas into, for example, the Occupy movement or social change organizations or how they'd bring it into a political campaign or a Democratic or Green Party how they'd bring it into an issue campaign that they're working on, or how you'd even bring it into work with a client, or your work as a teacher, or how you'd bring it into your union or professional organization, or your, or your church or synagogue or mosque or ashram or whatever spiritual places that you worship, how you bring it into a college discussion or a classroom or even with friends and families and neighbors. And, um, and then we do talk, I think I may have mentioned this, but the internal struggles within organizations and the internal conflicts that, um, Elnor, you, I think we're talking to the burnout factor, and I think this is some of the burnout factor, is the internal struggles and also the sense that we're not a part of something larger than ourselves. So that is, in, in a brief <laughs> summary, of the, the topics that we attempt to cover in our training. Um, and so what I'd like to do is open it up again and um, have an opportunity for a discussion about um, organizing a um, training in New York. So I'm going to unmute. And again, if you if you have a lot of background noise, you can just push four star and that will mute your individual line. So I think if I'm looking correctly... Well, Norm may have had to leave, but I know Bruce and Annette are here, so if you want to speak to um, organizing the conference in New York and see. Kat, uh, this is Monty. It's not uh, Bruce. I don't want to cut them off if they're going to talk, but I um, I did have a couple of questions. I think they're pretty brief. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Um, we're, you know, we're doing a community mobilization project here in uh, West Fresno County and reaching out to folks in the community there. And it, along with a lot of the work that I've done over the years, is, uh, and I'm sure folks on this call, it's very, very uh, draining. And I haven't really, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of financial security, you know, but it's not very well remunerated as you can imagine, and that's probably also a situation, at least for some of the people on the call. So the, the question I have is, um, you know, how best to evaluate 
weather uh, going. And I'd love to go to New York, but it's not something I could, you know, afford easily. Mm-hmm. And and then secondarily, I'd want to be sure that, um, you know, when I read Jewish Renewal, there were things in that book that helped me to uh, not burn out so much and to be more effective and deepen, you know, my commitment to the work that I'm doing. I'd want to make sure this was the same sort of thing, and it sounds like it, but it's hard to know. And, you know, I have a stepdaughter in New York, so I'd like to go, but I, it's hard to know, um, uh, you know, without going. Whether right. <laughs> I don't know that I can answer that. Um, I think... Um, hard, so I, I, I apologize for being... <laughs> no, it's mistake, fine. But, <laughs> I appreciate the desire to have clarity that it would, that it would serve you. Um, it's time, it's energy, and it's money, and I can certainly appreciate the desire to have a sense of trust that it's going to serve and nurture you and deepen your skills. Um, I I believe that the people who were at the, the previous trainings experienced um, a sense of community, a sense of um, deepened um, inspiration to continue their work um, and walked away with more skills and tools than they had than when they went. Um, so I think that's the best I can say to that. Well, and I, I should say, too, I, I've enjoyed this call, and I, I'm confident if I win, I might just want to stay there and never leave. But I'm, <laughs> I'm wondering about the cost. Do we have any sense of? Um, so the cost for the training that we, that we set up was $200. We did have some applications for scholarships, um, and I imagine we'll have that again. Um, and, and what about the lodging in New York? Is it a... Yeah. Um, well, one of the things we might um, consider doing is um, if we start, if we're able to choose a time and date early enough, um, we um, what we might want to do is set up a a way for people to connect with other people about um, potentially housing people who are coming from far away. And then last, and then I'll, I'll quiet down and let others talk. How, how many days would the conference go? Um, we've been talking about doing a two-day conference. Okay. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to put um, Rabbi Lerner on for a moment because he, he needs to run. So um, I'm going to hand the phone to him. So, um, just, to say, just to say that um, there's a possibility that at some future point we will have another training on the West Coast. Um, so... so uh, I want you to end up uh, destroying your finances completely for this for, for this uh, training because uh, it's certainly not going to be the last of trainings. This training is only going to take place if we get 50 people signed up on the East Coast, so um, to, in New York. So um, those of you who find it are enthusiastic about it, start thinking about <laughs> recruiting other people because it won't happen unless we have 50 people there. Um, so. Uh, finally, just want to thank you so much, all of you, for being on this call, and many blessings to you all, and I hope to get to know all of you much better when dur- during one of these trainings. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. I'm still here. So, um, Okay, so uh, Patty has a hand. Annette, did you want to say something? Patty has a hand up, but why don't you go ahead and I'll call Patty. I'll call Patty in a minute. Oh, me, Nanette? No, um, actually, it's, it's fine to just call on folks. I think okay. it just be interesting to get people's feedback about the training. Okay. So, Patty, you had you your hand up. So, I'm Patty David. I just want to um, 
suggest that people check out for lodging and to kind of capture some of the costs. A wonderful peace organization that's all around lodging and dialogue called Service. Called uh, what? Or it's called What's Service.org, it and it's S-E-R-V-A-S dot org. It's a wonderful international uh, peace um, cultural exchange housing type thing. It was started after World War II by a German man who thought if people could spend two nights in other people's homes and share a meal and talk, have one conversation about peace, that it would improve the world. Uh, Service is a wonderful organization. It has 30,000 host families across the world. You go through a screening process, as the host families do, and you, in, uh, the agreement is for no money exchange. You open your home and provide a bed for somebody for two nights, and you should agree to share one meal and have one conversation about peace. And it's a beautiful organization. I've stayed mm-hmm. all over the world with a wonderful host family. Mm. Lovely. Thank you for that information. Could you say that name again? Service, S-E-R-V-A-S dot org. Are you saying S as in Sam, E, R as in Rain, V as in Victor, A as in Apple, and S as in Frank? No, the last letter is S as in Service. Uh, S as in Sam. Okay. Just your phone is a little fuzzy, so it's hard to hear clearly. So thank you. Okay. This is Bruce in New York. I did uh, participate in the West Coast training, and it was a feeling of community. And um, uh, my nest is empty. My baby went to college. Monty, I'd really appreciate it if you can come over and stay. And I love that idea of opening one's home and have, sharing a meal, sharing several meals, and talking about peace. And I think that um, the idea of, of living activism as opposed to studying activism, um, I think we really need to model hospitality to um, other people in our group and around us. And um, I think that uh, it would be really wonderful if, uh, if my nest could be full up of people and <laughs> all have a big meal together and, um, and get to know each other and make connections that, can, uh, that we can follow up beyond the scope of the specific training days. Thank you. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. Hi, uh, this is Rachel again. Hi, Rachel. Hi, I, I'm wondering if there um, online somewhere a summary of what you described the workshop would entail, the training, um, because um, I doubt I could go to New York, um, but I also I know a number of people were around where I live who might be very interested in participating in a West Coast training, and I would like to to have um, uh, something pre- to present to them that's just not based on my rough notes and my memory about what it's so, going well, to be. So I don't have it up yet. I don't have it up at this moment um, mm-hmm. because we've had um, the way we've done in the past is we've had what we call event pages that are uh, private pages that people access through, e- that through links that we send them and stuff. But um, but what I can do, it's it's a great idea. Is I will create a page that will have a link from the um, Spiritual Progressives website. Um, that describes it. Um, 
Um, when I will do that, I, I can't promise you because um, one of the things I wanted to um, mention to folks before I forget is that Sunday, December 14th here in San Francisco, mm-hmm. we're having a town hall meeting and strategy discussion about how to reclaim America from um, the, the right. And uh, um, Layla, what's the best way to link to my town meeting page? Oh, and then they click there and get more information. Right. Okay. So, so to learn about this and to let other people know, if you go to spiritualprogressives.org mm-hmm. forward slash Reclaim America, that's the registration page for the event, and it has some information. Yeah. And then on that page is a, a link to more information. But one of the things we're trying to figure out, just so you know, even if you're far away, is um, if we can do live broadcasting from the event. So. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll keep if you're if you're on our mailing list. If we're able to do that, you'll get an email from us because we'll let everyone on our mailing list know. Um, if you're not on our mailing list, if you email me at cat at spiritualprogressives.org, I will add you to that list so you can get that information. But okay, um, I am on the mailing list. But okay. would would I be able to give this link to other people who aren't on the mailing list? On um, the December fourteenth one. Yeah. Absolutely. I hope to Please. be there. Yeah, I Please send yes. By all means, spread it through social media and everything. Yes, you can you can yes. share that link with absolutely everybody. Okay. And what I will do after the event, I suspect, is that I will end up putting on a, a page on our website um, about the um, transformative activist training and the information I just shared. So thanks for. Thanks for asking me to do that because that'll get me to do that. <laughs> Great, thank you. And if you if you're on our email list, you should have hopefully gotten a newsletter from me that I just sent out. Oh, I did. Yeah, that's why I knew about the December 14th thing. And I'm okay. Great. Area, um, Great. So there. I'll end up putting information like this in the newsletter as well. So you'll also know about it through that when it when it becomes live. <laughs> My goal will be to get it live before the next newsletter. That's a good time. That's a good date for me. <laughs> Um, other questions? Thanks for that question. I appreciate it. So what I, yeah, go ahead. Not a question, but perhaps just a thought. If people are interested in attending a training, if one were to be organized in New York, I don't know, does it make sense for them to drop you a line or, or myself or... If they're interested in the training in New York, did you say? Right. In other words, we we don't we haven't really set a new date for one, and we're trying right. to assess the level of interest. Um, but right. if, if people think they would attend training if one were organized, it would be good to know that. Right. Um, how about the email both of us, Nanette? Um, yeah, that's fine. So that then we have kind of double emails, emails because I get a lot of emails, sure. and I'm sure you do too. So. Um, yeah, let's so my email again is cat at spiritual progressives, that's one word dot org. And Nanette, what's yours? Uh, mine is N H S C H O R R at Earthlink dot net. So that's N as in Nancy or Nanette, S as in Sam, C as in Cat, H as in Harry, O as in R as in rain and R as in rain at earthlink.net. At earthlink.net, right? Yes. I happen to love orangutans, so that must be why I popped into my head. 
Um, so one of the things that would be helpful for us, um, although we don't have a date yet, is um, if people have a sense of um, maybe months, not dates, but maybe a, a month that works for folks. Um, so if we're thinking, uh, if we're going to try to do this, um, maybe thinking in the spring, hopefully. Um, and what one of the things that we have to do to make this work is it has to be either on a uh, it can't be on Shabbos for us, so it has to be on like a Sunday and Monday or a Thursday and Friday or or something like that. So we could potentially do it on um, potentially do it on Memorial Day weekend. Um, is May a possibility, Kat? May is a possibility. That's what I'm saying. Memorial Day weekend, as long as it's earlier. Like we can't do it the last weekend in May. We're busy. Um, and Memorial Day weekend might be a little bit hard to do, but we might be able to do that. Um, yeah, May is a possibility. So we could think about May. Um, May would keep me in the running because April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and it's super busy. Okay. Okay, so May looks better for you, and then, um, yeah, we could maybe even do it in June, and we could maybe do it in the summer if we wanted to. So, okay, well, um, what I'd love is for everyone who's on the call to email um, both Nanette and I so that we can um, include you in further conversations, and I'm wondering, I see someone's hand is raised, and I'll get to you in one second, but I, um, I'll... I'll um, I'll get you in one second, but I'm also wondering if folks um, who are interested, if you could email us and, and let us know not only your email, because don't, I don't necessarily have your email, um, but also just let us know, yes, this is something I'm interested in, and yes, I will help get folks there, or I'm interested in it, but it would be really great for me if it's on the West Coast, so if you could do it on the West Coast, I could help get people there. I mean, the more people we have involved in organizing it, and helping us get the word out through social media and email lists and stuff, the more likely they'll happen. And we just say 50 people because it's a lot of it's actually a lot of our time and energy, and we want to make sure it's um, valuable for us and for everybody who's participating. So um, that's why we have that, particularly for flying cross country. So um, and so somebody with the area code 661748 has your hand up. So you have a question? Go for it. Um, um, this is Jean Teller, I guess. I don't know why I'm showing up at that number. That's not my phone number. But in any case, I just wanted to make the point that um, some of us observe our Sabbath on the Sunday with similar restrictions. Right. Thank you. Um, and so Sunday isn't necessary. I mean, I like to have my Sundays really different from my from my weekday and right. the same way. So right. Okay, thank you for reminding me of that. I appreciate that. Um, so we have to think about, um, yeah, we have to think about that. <laughs> you know, so it might have to be during the week, um, which just makes it harder for some people to leave work, but it might be doable. So, okay. Um and Jennifer. 
Hello. I just wanted to say, Kat, I think I have your email address, but not Nanette's. Um, okay. I, should, I don't know if you were going to email those out or give them on the call. I'll, I'll say it again. We said it a minute ago, but maybe you missed it. I must have missed it. So let me say it again. And Nanette, just correct me if I'm wrong, but it's sure. N is in Nancy, S is in Sam, C oh, is in... no, H, H. I'm sorry. Huh. And H? Yeah. It, let me let me say Yeah, go for it. So it's N-H-S-C-H-O-R-R at earthlink.net. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Sure. Thanks, Annette. Um, so, are there any questions? No. Okay. So, if there's not, I'll just I'll just end with a very short um, poem by Hafiz. It's one of my favorites, and it's called um, Oh my God, I know it, but I know I'm drawing a blank on the name. Oh well. Um, the sun never said to the earth, you owe me. Imagine a love like that. It could light the whole sky. So um, may we all keep that in mind <laughs> and attempt to light, light the whole world up with our loving energy for ourselves and, and others. That's very nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you all very much. And we look forward to being in continued conversations with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Does somebody still have a question?